Today on Cinema Oblivia, see you later, alligator. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on films that are out of date, out of style, out of fashion, or out of time. Once again, I'm your host, James Eldred, and who do I have returning with me for another episode today? It is me, Madeline Kessner. Madeline, thank you for coming today. <laughs> uh, I know you're busy right now with the with the film festival you got going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Unnamed Footage Festival, our fifth year, is uh, in a week. We the official kickoff date is uh three seventeen, so it is one week from when we are recording. Yes, um, well, we missed that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. But we'll be four uh, nights in San Francisco, and then we're coming back for a virtual edition on May seventh, I believe. Oh. Um. Yeah. So there will be a virtual film festival with a totally different program than the in person fest that can be attended by anybody in um in north america mm-hmm. and then uh other countries that have been negotiated <laughs> yes. so if you're interested and you're in another country you should message us early so we can see if we can negotiate that into our our, our deals with the movies we're showing <laughs> and i i and we'll, we'll, we'll not comment on people with vpns we'll just leave it at that um, uh-huh yeah there's yeah. that's that doesn't exist according to yes me, of course so. not so i can never see this um, no definitely not <laughs> definitely. well i i mean you, I think we talked about it last time you were on here. I am a complete coward when it comes to like actual horror films, yeah, like that are actually scary, especially found footage. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I appreciate that you do it. It's really cool. Um, I'm a coward, and I'm gonna go watch a Doris Day movie uh, <laughs> instead. Um, because real horror films, especially, it's really weird. Like since I turned like. 35 i just couldn't do them anymore i don't know what happened yeah. in my brain like too much anxiety in the real world and i just like mm-hmm. i'm done um i mean i'll say only about 50 percent of our program is is like real horror okay um yeah we do some sci-fi we do some like weird kind of psychological thrillers and every once in a while we'll have like a comedy or something but um but we try to make it so like even the non-horror fans have one or two things that they can come to at the fest. <laughs> what's what's one that you really recommend people check out maybe if you want to do a plug for one movie? Um I mean one of my horror movies or one of my non-horror movies. Any either question. either. <laughs> one that you think people would want to see. So um here, I'll, I'll talk about Wesens. Wesens is one of our sci-fi films. Okay. It is from uh, South Africa. Oh, it okay. It is set in, I believe, 1967 or like the late 60s. And it's shot on like um, 16 millimeter, I, I oh, believe. Oh, cool. Cool. And it is, the plot is a, um, a strange unidentified object lands on the outskirts of a farm. Um, huh in rural South Africa and the 
the movie is the the document of like the men in black who go in to investigate. Oh, cool! It. That sounds pretty yeah. cool, actually. Yeah, it, it is. It's a it's an oddly like quiet and existential movie um, <laughs> compared to a lot of the other stuff that we show. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the posters. Like the what? There's a, I'm looking. I'm at the website right now. The the Malibu horror story. That yeah, one, that's a, that's a poster. Um, that one's not for you because <laughs> that I would say is probably like the most traditionally scary found footage horror movie we're showing. Yeah, like that's the edge of your seat. Like people do little screams. Um, yeah, I don't mind slashers. It's more like the 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 unending intensity of it. It's like yeah. that's what makes found footage so scary. I think you know because you can only <laughs> see what people see. So like Blair Witch killed me. Um, yeah, I can watch yeah. it now, no problem. But like when I first saw it, it messed me up. You do have one of my a movie I do love. I, I noticed you're going to show an older one, um, Behind the Mask. Yeah, that is uh, our pre-festival screening that we're presenting with the Alamo Draft House, uh, New Missions Terror Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So not part of the fest proper, but they um, we like hit them up months ago and we're like, hey, we'd love to to do something with you for Terror Tuesday. And they're like, yeah, come in and host a movie for us. So we selected uh, Behind the Mask, um, partially because we've like changed our programming a bit this year okay. to incorporate more hybrid found footage movies. So movies yeah. that are like a mix of traditional narrative and found footage horror style. Um, mostly just because we keep seeing uh, movies that are, are doing that. I, yeah. I think found footage, um, like the in-world camera, as we like to call it, because, yeah, it's not all horror and found footage has multiple meanings. So in-world camera is the term that we've been using oh, to okay. kind of Good. describe movies where the camera is part of the movie. Um, the style of in-world camera is starting to get so popular again mm-hmm. that people are wanting to incorporate it into other narratives because they want to dabble, but they're not ready to commit yet. And so like some of the most creative stuff we saw this year was this hybrid style. So Malibu Horror Story, um, that is hybrid. Oh, okay. um, it it opens with a film crew who are like celebrating rapping on the documentary they've been making about three teens who disappeared. Um, <laughs> what could possibly then, go wrong? Yeah. So they're like celebrating and cheersing in the cave where they got their last shots. And then the editor is like, Hey, before we, we like call it quits on this, would you check this with me one more time? And then we watch the movie with them. And as oh. they're watching it, they start to see things in the footage they had missed. Oh, that's a cool idea. Actually. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Maybe um, I'll nut up I, and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one we're showing that I'm like kind of obsessed with just because it's the most upsetting, uncomfortable movie I think I've ever seen in my life okay. is uh, Masking Threshold. Okay. So Masking Threshold is it is like most disgusting, perverse, mad scientist movie. <laughs> oh, and I'm looking at the plot. It's about a guy who has tinnitus. Yep. Um, I, is I a, just a, had a big bout of that. A big bout of that. So I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna not watch this. <laughs> oh no! You, you. If this is a movie that you watch to like challenge yourself, or if you're like oh, really good. into like intensely close up macro footage. Wow. Um, <laughs> but it's basically this guy who develops this really severe case of tinnitus, but decides that he's like a scientist and can kind of crack the code of like audio. And so he starts doing all these really bizarre nonsensical experiments to like document the sound. 
and it's sort mm. of framed as his video diary, but it it just it it's so close to everything um, that it's almost like an experimental art film at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, a, you know, I when I had tonight, I decided I just quit taking my prostate medication and it went away. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish that you had told this guy because a lot of the experiments he do, he does are just so unpleasant. He really should have just quit taking his prostate medication. <laughs> Just, everyone, to anyone out there who gets tinnitus, talk to your doctor about the medication you have because almost talk all medication can cause prostate. Tin- no, not just the prostate. Tylenol can cause tinnitus. Ibuprofen can really? cause tinnitus. Anything, pretty much any medication can cause tinnitus. And when you quit taking the medication, it'll go away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that so, guy in, that mo- in the movie is insane. Like, so yeah. maybe he was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he needed some other. <laughs> yeah, maybe he so. needed medication. Maybe actually, he, yeah, but... <laughs> that's the other problem. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah that, that stuff looks interesting, and I, and I hope you know I can you know since I can't watch the film festival and and also like a lot of it. I mean, let's be real, is not really for me, um, <laughs> in terms of me being a coward. Um, <laughs> I do like the that one you mentioned, the Malibu horror story. That that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, it's it's really neat, but again, it, it's one of the more traditional movies that we're showing in terms of yeah. being like a horror film. Yeah. Um, but we've got some stuff that I think you would dig. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah looking, yeah, I think I think I'm looking back. I remember, I remember now. I think I got broke on horror after I went on a French New Extremity kick. And oh yeah, af- which that would I, break you. After mm-hmm. I saw Martyrs, um, and Inside, like in two weeks, I was yep. like. Nope, and I can never watch. I can still like. I still like High Tension. That's not really. Mm-hmm. That's less of a horror movie in my opinion. It's more of a thriller. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. bloody, but it's not. It's not disturbing. It's just gross. Gross doesn't yeah. bother me. Um, mm-hmm. Disturbing bothers me, and jump scares don't bother me either. Which is why today's movie, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if I can masterfully segue, um, is one of my favorite horror comedies of all time, like top five is 1980s Alligator, directed by Louis Teague, written by John fucking Zales, and starring <laughs> Robert Forrester. And this was on my list forever, and you want, to be honest, you weren't the first person to pick it, but then after I put it on my list, I found out it was out of print. Yeah. For like, for a long time, just like last time, mm-hmm. when, it, when it was put on DVD, it was out of print for nearly 14 years, and now that's on 4K Blu-ray and regular Blu-ray. Yeah, as of, of last week. Yeah. yeah, as of last as of last month. Yeah, as of, it was out of print for about fourteen years. So, what is your experience with Alligator? So, uh, the first time I saw Alligator was probably fifteen years ago. Um, I man, I don't even remember where, but I just remember it being such a blast and like the wittiness of it and Robert Forrester as like the most obnoxious funniest like cop it really (laughs) stuck with me but then um (laughs) i i took a class with lewis teague the director Oh, really yeah when i when i was living in la he did like a um like a filmmaking boot camp at this like old ornate theater in in uh los angeles and and i attended it um just to kind of you know hear him talk about like the construction of a scare and so he talked quite a bit about some of the alligator scares he he talked about 
uh, some of the Cujo scares. Yeah, I know. And, I know. I know what's going to talk about. I know what's going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. And he did a bunch of breakdown um, of like scenes in, in Jaws specifically, mm-hmm. which is so funny because as soon as he like started talking about Jaws and breaking down the scenes in Jaws, I'm like, oh, you structured every scare in all of your movies after the scares in Jaws. <laughs> like- yeah. There's a great, there's a great on the commentary track for this. He's, he's very honest. And he talks mm-hmm. about ripping off Jaws. Yeah. And yeah. In particular, he's trying, he, in one scene, he tries to rip off the boat, the head in the boat scare yep. in Jaws. Yep. And he talked about he, that in his class. <laughs> did he talk about how he called the editor? No, he did not yeah, he, tell me. He actually called the editor, um, who at the time was like a president at Universal, and couldn't get to her. I think it was a woman. Couldn't get to her and left a message say, and basically said, "I'm making a ripoff of Jaws and I need your help." And, they, and she <laughs> called and she called him back. <laughs> so that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I that's awesome that you got to meet. Was he a cool guy? Yeah, he was really sweet. Oh, that's um, great. And yeah. like really encouraging and just sort of excited to be like the teacher to a bunch of young filmmakers. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. I, that's the kind of thing that, you know, living in a foreign country you can't do as much because you you know yeah. I was at, I was like two blocks away from a symposium of like, you know, Takesi McKay, but I was no point in me going. <laughs> because you, do you I not do you not speak or understand Japanese? Not enough to do. To, I, 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 my medical Japanese is fantastic because of my health problems. And yeah. um, when I was single, I could I could say some bad things in Japanese, but that's about it. Um, uh, I'm not sharing on this podcast because my mom listens to it. Um, but I can get by, but I can't. Ha- I can't listen to an in depth discussion on film. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I get, no, I get no, you. No, um, my history of this film is is different. I remember the movie going back to, again. Another story about the video store. I'm sorry. My dad had this at the video store. It's that fantastic box art. That's, that's just the poster. Um, and as a kid, the box scared me. And then starting in the 90s, I saw this movie on TV, like almost like every, it felt like every month. <laughs> it was always on TNT or USA, one of those networks. But <laughs> I didn't. And then when I moved to Pittsburgh, like in 2002, it was still out of print on on. Uh, dvd never on dvd and so when a local video store closed i bought the vhs tape for like 40 bucks um <laughs> and then uh, two months later they announced the dvd uh <laughs> and that's when i finally saw the full uncut version and it's a movie that i've been obsessed with off and on since then because to me it's it's kind of a perfect film in that it sets out to do something does it a hundred percent perfectly doesn't do much of anything else and then leaves. Yeah, um, that's a great description of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a I, there, there was I think it was uh, Ebert one time said that like a perfect film is a movie that does what it wants to do and nothing else and like that's why he gave so many Fast and Furious films good reviews because he didn't give this movie a good review. <laughs> you know, we got to the, a lot of critics loved this movie. Ebert did not like that <laughs> here. But yeah. you know, I feel like this movie, in addition to being, you know, just a fun B movie, it's so amazingly well written, well directed, well acted, and well lit. <laughs> when I was putting this on um this earlier this week, uh I, I said to my boyfriend who I live with, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna watch a horror movie, it's called Alligator. It's you know <laughs> um and he's like, uh, is it a is it, you know, good? Does it like look like a movie? <laughs> <laughs> so 
I watch a, I watch a lot of really low budget stuff, and I'm like, yeah. no, no, this one's legit. He's like, was it in theaters? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and um, he he wound up watching quite a bit of it with me. I, I think he was impressed because <laughs> thing- it it looks good. It's yeah. really well paced and well acted. Yeah, it's like a legit movie. <laughs> yeah, and the best thing about it is if you say to someone, hey, I'm gonna watch a horror movie called Alligator, they don't say what it's about. They don't ask that question. Yeah. Like, what's no, it about? No. Well, <laughs> it's about the the subtleties of the human human mind. No, it's not. I, I, I one more story about this movie, watching it um, with my boyfriend. About God, like seven or eight years ago, I had a really bad case of strep throat, and my me, my boy no seven years ago because my boyfriend and I were just started going out, and he stayed at my apartment to take care of me because he's lovely, and I just wanted to watch movies. So in one weekend, we watched RoboCop, Enter the Dragon, and Alligator. <laughs> Um, That's a sick weekend. <laughs> because he was not really big on the like mainstream American films, you know. Because mm-hmm. he's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know that when he finally left, whenever he leaves my when, whenever he would leave my apartment back then, he would always send me like a message on Messenger, like it was very nice seeing you over the weekend. You know, like I know, I know. Um, but that <laughs> one, he was like, "Thanks for the movies." Robocop was really was really funny. Enter the Dragon was was fa- was really exciting, and we also watched Alligator. <laughs> I don't think he knew what to make of it. When we watched it again this weekend, he loved it. That's um, awesome. I yeah. think he was more attuned to the comedy of it. Um, so, yeah, the people who made this movie, like you mentioned Louis Teague. So you, you've you met the guy. So why don't you talk, can you talk about Louis Teague a bit? Like his, yeah. how much do you know about his career? I mean, I, I know that Louis Teague... Um, was really a, a Stephen King guy. Like, there's some of these dir- like older directors who just sort of make a lot of Stephen King movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and he, I know he he did Cujo, he did Cat's Eye, but um, I I feel like that's what he's best known for, the Stephen King stuff. Yeah, and he got Cujo because Stephen King loved Alligator. He started. He's a Corman guy. You know, he's one of those. That's, one of those yes. People. He also didn't he he um. He worked on Corman sets, right? Like that's how he learned how to make movies, just yeah, kind of like being on Corman sets. He's an a- he was an AD on Death Race 2000 and mm-hmm. which is a fantastic film also. And that's a Par Bartel movie, <laughs> which is always <laughs> fun to say. And from what I have heard about that is that all almost all of the action in that film, the ADs directed. So how interesting. Par, Par, Paul Bartel, not an action focused guy. <laughs> You know, he's uh, yeah, yeah. he's seen eating Raul, um, mm-hmm. but he did that, which is a great movie. He, he he made a movie called The Lady in Red, which I've never heard that I've heard is quite good, and that's yeah. about the uh the, the, about Dillinger, um, with uh, Robert Conrad and uh, Robert Forrester has a cameo in that because right. he met Robert Forrester when he was an AD on <laughs> Avalanche, um, which is a bad movie with uh rock hudson and mia farrow <laughs> and i love me some rock hudson but that is definitely post peak rock hudson that is 78 um and then after cat's eye and kuja which are both do you like those movies uh yeah i do actually i i think they're some of the best stephen king films yeah, I lo- um, I especially think, yeah. especially with your your um is it is it yon debont what's his name <laughs> the cinematographer oh he is <laughs> yeah. on cat's eye no, on Cujo. On Cujo, really? I would have yeah. guessed Cat's Eye because Cat's Eye is a slick looking movie. 
Katsai looks good, but Kujo has the the like an incredible amount of action for being just like uh, the outside of a barn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, yeah. I have yeah. to watch that again because when I saw it as a teenager, I thought it was boring. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's, it's a slow movie. It's not great. Um, mostly just because it's very, very sexist. Oh, it, hates, it is? I don't know. It hates women, but yeah. I also think that probably came from Stephen King. As yeah, you can't, well, he's, a, he's, a, and, <laughs> and Lewis is the, right Teague's the director, so regardless, whoever it came from, he, it's not him. Like, no, yeah, like, it's not him, and it's not John DeBont. Like, neither yeah. of them <laughs> have anything to do with the, the, the sexism, yeah. but it's sort of like she's a bad mom, and it, it uh, comes to her it. in the form of a dog that's trying to kill her child. Yeah. Like, yeah, she like cheats on her husband. Yeah. She's not a good mom, and it's just like, wow, women have to be perfect, don't they, or else they get killed by a dog? Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, duh. I, that. But, that movie, but it's yeah, go, I'm sorry, good. go ahead. Yeah. It's well made. Yeah. Yeah. That movie has Dee Wallace and mm-hmm. and Christopher Stone, who are both in the howling. Um yeah. so. Christopher Stone's also in The Junk Man, which is the sequel to Gaunt, the original Gone Through the Seconds. And not to go off on a tangent, but in that movie, I watched that recently. In that movie, he's 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 clearly not wearing underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it's called the junk man. Anyway, um, sorry. I want to watch that. <laughs> it's on YouTube for free. Go knock yourself out. It's I'm a, it's sold. A, yeah, it's a good. It's it's probably better than the original Gone Through the Seconds. Um, yeah, because it, it has more of a story. But <laughs> anyway, Louis Teague, I think he kind of peaked in '85 with Cat's Eye and Jewel of the oh, Nile. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, after that, he made Collision Course, <laughs> which is the 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 uh, Jay Leno Pat Marina buddy comedy. Oh boy, I've not seen that, but uh, no. I do know that his career took a downturn after uh, Cat's Eye. Yeah, and then he made um, Navy Seals. Um, really? Oh wow! Yeah, now I'm looking at his IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> Navy Seals. Yeah, and I've never seen Navy Seals. I just know the joke from Clerks. Mm-hmm. Like, and quite a I cast. Have... What was that? Quite a cast. Yeah, I have seen Wedlock, and mm-hmm. Wedlock is a weird ass movie with this futuristic prison where there are no gates, but everybody has a collar on their neck. And if they get within 50 feet away of somebody else in the prison, they don't know what? who, their heads explode. <gasps> no, I've never even heard of this, but that's like my shit. My favorite like subgenre of cinema is death game. And if you're wearing <laughs> something that explodes your head, if you take the wrong action, that's a death game. It's 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 good, Rutger Hauer. It's no it's no Blind Fury. It's no Blind oh, Samurai movie. This. Yeah, yeah, but it has him and Mimi Rogers, and um, I think Stephen Tobolowsky's in that too. Um, so that's a gooder. But after that, it kind of went to TV for a bit, and he did the Dukes of Hazard reunion movie and some Nash <laughs> Bridges, and he's retired now. Like he's yeah. he's he's he, he's old. He's this he's enjoying retirement, and good for him. But he. Mm-hmm. He is a fantastic director for this material, without without mm-hmm. question. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. yeah. And the movie has two writers. One is a guy named Frank. Well, we'll do the small one first because nobody cares about him. Um, <laughs> sorry, Frank. This guy named Frank Ray Pirelli, who I guess he came up with, he came up with the idea for the movie, and he has a credit for story, but his his script was entirely thrown away. Thrown away. And he did stand up comedy, writing, acting. He's like an extra in the Fugitive. But in the 70s, he had a few hits that he wrote. He wrote a movie called The Doberman Gang, which I'm sure you never heard of. I have not. 
But if you go to the Alamo Draft House, ask them about it. I bet someone knows. That is a 1972 <laughs> family comedy action film about a guy who trains dogs to rob banks. Oh. Okay. Um, yes. Uh it's like it's like it's like Benji. It's an independent dog movie from the seventies. It's like Benji but with guns. I always walk away from those podcasts with the weirdest list of movies that I want to oh, watch. You're the second person you're the second person in one in the second to say that to me. But that movie that movie made five billion dollars in nineteen seventy two. So Damn. Yeah, I know. I just Yeah, and I think that's um it's Al- Alan Silvestri's first film. So, yeah, and how much like, did the Dobermans make from stealing from the banks? Is my and real question. Pirelli, Pirelli also made a movie with Albert Band of the Band Brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Charles. Oh, yeah. um, he is the no, he's the father of Charles Band. That's right. Yeah, no, Albert is the the guy who who uh, got them into Hollywood, and yes. Charles is the one who got them kicked out. He uh, also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, also, um, I think the bands are, um, they were the neighbors, their neighbors were the kids in the band, The Calling. That band, remember The Calling, that wherever yeah. you would go, and that's how they got discovered. That's really funny. Yeah. But he made a movie with him called Dracula's Dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, guess what it's about? Um, and... Uh, that has um, um, Jose Ferrer in it. I've never seen that. That that looks great. But most, so he got the script sold, and then they the production studio at production company asked Teague to direct it. But Teague's like, "I'll do it, but I'm hiring. I want John Sales to rewrite this movie." <laughs> <laughs> and so, because he had worked with John Sales on Lady in Red, and mm-hmm. um, how much do you know? How much? How many John Sales films have you seen? God, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Piranha, I've seen this, I've seen The Howling, mm-hmm. and I've seen The Sokaka Seven. Oh, okay. I've um, seen that. It's it's really nice. It's like a, it is the movie that I associate with like indie drama. Um, I I remember I, it was a very long time ago, but I just remember it being sort of like a really nice kind of slow movie about people. Yeah, I, I've yeah. always heard it was. A lot of people suspect that Lawrence Kasdan watched it before um, Big Chill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could. And I he could he, see he that. denies that, but I hate mm-hmm. Big Chill as the most boomer shit. But I heard I heard <laughs> good things. I've heard good things about um. Uh, which, how do you say it? Return of what seven? Return of it's Return of the Sakakas seven. The Sakakas. I never know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. Sakakas <laughs> is. I I mean, is it is it in reference to the Sakakas, New Jersey? Like... I would imagine. Hey, you've seen the movie. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> it's okay, it's a long time ago. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, I have seen a lot of his early stuff. I've yeah. seen I've seen Piranha, which is the second best Jaws ripoff movie ever made. Um, oh, absolutely. Behind this one. And I've seen The Howling, which he wrote. Um, that's based on a book though. And, <laughs> you know, he and I also I when I was a kid, I know I watched Wild Thing. Um, which is about like this young boy who is like becomes like a Tarzan in the in in the city. I think that's where X's version of the song Wild Thing comes from. I forgot. I liked it when I was seven. I'm sure it's terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen like many of his like quote unquote serious films. Okay, like, I haven't seen Sakesa Seven. I haven't seen Brother from Another Planet, Matwan, Eight Men Out, Passing Fish, Roan Inish, Lone Star. I oddly saw Limbo. 
Oh, he wrote The Secret of Ronan Nish? Yes. Oh, he, my God. He, he, he directed it. Oh, I watched that movie so much with my when I was a kid. Like I, I think my mother took me to see to New York City to see it in a theater. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Is that so? You, so you recommend that one then? I don't think I've seen it since before I was <laughs> ten. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it got great reviews when it came out. Um, yeah, most of, great reviews from me, a well, seven and, year old. <laughs> I mean, if it's a if it's like a mildly if it's like a not a big budget film from the early 90s i probably heard of it because it's going but liked it yeah you know, yeah like, yeah and limbo's great that has uh mary elizabeth Bass antonio in it and i forget oh chris Christopherson. chris chris Christopherson. I, I can never say his name um <laughs> and that's like a really weird movie like set like in bfe alaska mm-hmm. um and it's like a family drama that turns into like them being stranded on an island. It's very strange. It's good. It's a good movie. I recommend that one. I do want to see. My dad loved Meituan and Brother from Another Planet, oddly enough. And I, I've never seen those. I do want to see them because like everything I've seen by that John Sales wrote is fantastic. Right. Yeah. 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 He, he's, and I think at this time he was writing stuff nonstop to get money to direct. Mm hmm. I think the script for Alligator and Piranha paid for the return of the Blizzard Seven, um, <laughs> Cicada Seven. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think by the time <laughs> it's a caucus, it's a caucus. You know, yeah, yeah. think like 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 a caucus. Like... Yeah, I know. You're, <laughs> hey, you're you're making sense. I should know how to say it. I'm just a dumbass. Uh, I mean, me too. Don't worry about I it. I can barely. Speak. Hey, I'm an English teacher. It's really irresponsible of me that to not speak English as well. Um, I I lost track now. Oh yeah. So, Return of the Sokka Seven came out before Alligator, but not wide because it's a you know low budget movie. But by the time Alligator came out, Sales was kind of an up and coming buzz name with critics, and I, that probably helped this movie in terms of the critical reception. Like, they knew, hey, a real person wrote this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it really helped him. And I wish, you know, I'm sure I'm sure his movies are great, like those his, his artsy, like, independent dramas, but I would love to see Sales make another horror movie. I don't, yeah, I'm, me too. I mean, like, going through his, his, you know, career, I know Piranha, Alligator, and The Howling. Like, those are the ones I know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> On the the new Blu-ray has two interviews with him. One filmed when it came on a DVD, and one, a new interview. Mm-hmm. And he he really like he talks about like it wasn't just okay, let's make a movie about an alligator. Like he thought about it. Like the original draft was set in Milwaukee, and the alligator got giant from drinking beer. <laughs> and he's like, people get big on beer, but not that big. Um. <laughs> so, and and it ended in an abandoned sawmill, and he's and he was like, "Well, you can't abandoned sawmills don't have the saws in them; they won't turn on. We can't do that." Um. <laughs> so he rewrote the entire film, and he viewed the alligator as a social problem. Yeah. And said that like a social disease, it starts in the lower class and works its way up, and so that's why the alligator starts with vagrants, goes to like the low income area, the suburbs, and then ends and end the giant party you know mm-hmm. um yeah. which is brilliant you know just and he he got ideas from kaiju films and them he loves he loves them the giant ant movie and those were a lot of inspirations for for alligator and you can definitely see it when you watch it you ever seen them i have i love them oh actually. i love 
Yeah. Them yeah. was yeah. Them was the first movie my dad saw in a movie theater. And when he on the way home when he was a kid, his his, his, his my aunt his sister kept scaring him. Like she would like <laughs> say, "Oh it's no!" So it's so goofy watching it now, but I love the oh. little ant monsters. Oh, the ants yeah. are great. It's well, it's another yeah. well made movie. And <laughs> I first watched them with my dad when I was like five, and it scared me even when I was a kid, but. I watched it again like two years ago, and that's a fantastic movie. It's it's mm-hmm. one of the best American monster films from that era. I mean, yeah, it's totally. no Godzilla, but it's it's very good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. sorry to keep going going on on a rant about these people, but there's one more person I want to talk about because it's weird. The composer of this film is a guy named Craig Huxley, who goes by Craig Hundley here, and he's only composed five films, including this, and one is Schitzler, which is a terrible Klaus Kinski movie. That I think, oh yeah yeah I, I know schizoid mm-hmm. I think I own that <laughs> um because I I have problems and <laughs> he uh, he made roadie he did the for roadie which is like a a weird seventies comedy and then a few TV stuff and and something called Americana that I never heard of and birdies and he has a ton of credits and when I was looking at his credits they all say blaster beam <laughs> blaster beam. And I was like, I know a lot of Star Trek stuff. So I'm like, oh, did he make the blaster sounds? And he does that also. He does play synthesizer. He plays synthesizer on the Rocky soundtrack. So when you hear that, that's him. And I think he played synth for Prince a few times and stuff like that. But the blaster <laughs> beams and the blaster beams a musical instrument mm-hmm. that he invented. Is it? Uh, it's a synth. No, it is. <laughs> what is it? It is. If you, uh, uh, if it's so hard to explain, it's this giant, like eighteen foot long <laughs> metal. Oh my god! Beam. Um, yeah, you've heard. I don't think it's a blaster beam. It might be a synth, but on the opening of um, "Beat It," that dong mm-hmm. dong, <laughs> yeah. that's the blaster beam sound. That is hysterical, and it's this. It's the sound that of Vigor in the first Star Trek movie. It's uh, all over Star Trek. It's all over sci-fi. It's used a lot in 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane, that score, also. I love that movie. I just yeah. rewatched that. Such a great movie. So yeah. I, I just wanted to call him out because I thought it was a fascinating guy. Like he's, he's, as a composer, he didn't really take off, but his, he literally changed the sounds of soundtracks because if you look his his credited blaster beam work is over the top. God only knows how many other people just used it. You know, mm-hmm. he and 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 I, and I think the sound in Beta is a synthesizer, but I think he designed that sound. Yeah, yeah. If you so, um, if you want to learn more about the blaster beam, <laughs> you can go to blasterbeam.com. Oh, one second. What is this? <laughs> what? It's a real website. <laughs> And you, so you see, yeah, what is about albums and movies? Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Wonder Woman, <laughs> Meteor, Black Hole, Artist. So he, he did, oh, Kitaro. And he, sorry, that's a Japanese guy. Um, he didn't invent it, but he invented the modern version of it, apparently. Like, there oh, was okay, a, he didn't yeah. invent it. Uh-huh. He, he really refined it. He, like he, he popularized it. Um, for yeah, he film. popularized <laughs> it, and he made it something that could be more easily used. So like without him you would not have it. Like he, he is right. very key to the to the sound of the blaster beam. And I, I like to say yeah. blaster beam. It's fun to, it's a fun <laughs> it's a fun instrument. I've, 
I'm gonna commission one. I've decided. <laughs> I, I want a blaster beam. Do you have a big apartment full of blaster beam? Nope, but I don't care. <laughs> we'll start a blaster beam blaster blaster beam band. Say that five Hell times. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good as the behind the scenes people are in this, the cast is also tremendous. Just a lot of good character actors, of course, headed by Robert Forrester, who is awesome. He's um, so funny. Yeah. Like what a what a charisma that guy has. Yeah. And he's the kind of guy, like, I haven't seen a ton of movies with him, but he's in a lot of <laughs> movies. Um because he had such a weird career. Uh, when I was researching him for this, I found kind of a dark fact about him. Did you see what happened to his mom? Only in your notes. That was, yes. uh, yeah, which now, w- I don't know was if that's, shocking. that's true or not, but apparently when he was served his draft card, his mom self-immolated herself and uh, killed herself, and he didn't. He wasn't drafted. That's horrifying. That's terrifying, if yeah. If true. If terrifying true, is yes. true. He 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 was in Broadway, then he went into he was in a movie with Brando and Liz Taylor called Reflections in a Golden Eye, and apparently he rides a for- horse naked in that. So that's on my watch list now. <laughs> and I think his biggest early film was probably Medium Cool, which I've heard of but never seen. Mm-hmm. Same. And yeah, and um but, but I he, he kind of went to shit not too soon after that and <laughs> Was in a lot of like bad dramas. He's in Justine, which is a really bad movie with Dick, Dirk Beauregard. Um, mm-hmm. And then he was in The Black Hole, <laughs> the Disney Black Hole. Yeah. And then I've never, I've never seen that, but I, that's one that I keep hearing people talk about. Um, I should really as in like yeah. a movie that shouldn't exist. <laughs> like, yeah, I should really put it on this list because I haven't watched it since I was probably a kid. But I do remember like they just walk in space. Like they're just yeah. like outside in space, and it's like Disney trying to split the difference between Star Wars and 2001, and it's Disney. <laughs> so problematic, not not problematic in content, problematic in this. Don't do that, um, yeah. Disney. Um, after Alligator, he kind of fell into this hole. He started playing villains and like in cheap B movies. He's in the Delta Force, which. <laughs> Uh, have you seen Delta Force? I have not, but I've heard about Delta Force. <laughs> uh, Delta Force is my probably my most problematic favorite film ever made. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's about it's it's inspired by a real hijacking event, loosely inspired because uh, the third act is just Chuck Norris killing all of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean uh, Robert Forrester's character is named Abdul Rafai. Oh yeah, yeah. So a lot of <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's a movie about uh, Lebanese terrorists made by two guys who were born in Israel. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So this is um, it's a canon film. This is canon. Yeah. It's, this is it's canon. A, it's some canon ass canon. Of um, course. Yeah. This is the canon. Canon. <laughs> it has it has an amazing cast. It has Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin, Robert Vaughn, uh, Robert Forrester. Bo Sevenson, Shelley Winters, Ernest Borgnine, I think is in that. No, not Ernest Borgnine. It's, no, not Ernest Borgnine. Um, um, no, Martin Balsam. Martin Balsam. Um, mm-hmm. George Kennedy's in it. 
Yes, not Ernest Borgnine. And uh, Susan Strasberg. And the third act is the most ridiculous act I've seen in the world, and it has an all-synthesizer score that I own on CD and vinyl. Um, the It's so... I mean, Chuck Norris has a motorcycle with rocket launchers on it. <laughs> so it's like the most 80s shit. I love that movie, even though it's terrible. And then he kind of vanished until Jackie Brown. <laughs> and made a, that, that, that's a comeback movie, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have known who he was if not for Tarantino. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't like giving Tarantino credit for anything, but mm. I can give him credit for that. <laughs> I have an anti-Tarantino right here. Eh, just not the biggest fan. You know. I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, I get that he's kind of a, you know, a weirdo. But if it wasn't for Tarantino, there were so many exploitation films I would not have seen. Not- yeah, you know, probably same. Like, it, yeah. it definitely, like, seeing his stuff when I was in high school did kind of put me on a very specific you know, track when it came to movie watching. So, like, I am grateful that, like, I got really into Hong Kong cinema, which I'm not sure that would have happened if it wasn't for Tarantino. But, like, he is, like, just... I don't like him. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, as a person, yeah, I could see that. But, like, I, I don't just mean, like, him developing my tastes. Like, I would not have seen Switchblade Sisters, literally, if not for him, because he bought it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he put yeah. it out. Truth, or, truth. Yeah. yeah. And... Robert Forrester owned his entire late, like, third act of his career <laughs> to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> because yeah. after, you know, he didn't become, like, an A-lister again, but he got much better small, he got much better roles in movies after uh, Jackie Brown, and he is tremendous in that movie. And Quentin Tarantino did once say in an interview that he got, he hired Robert Forrester because of Alligator. Yeah. Uh, and in his mind, it's the same character. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I wish that was true I wish it was canon like in the movie I wish there's a scene like in, in Jackie Brown where he goes to Pam Grier you know this one time I was in I was in the Midwest and there was this giant fucking alligator <laughs> like I, I beat a giant alligator I can kill Samuel L. Jackson no problem <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of other character actors that do you do you did you recognize anybody in this movie God, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I don't yeah. want to go through everybody because a lot of them are just TV people. Like uh, Robin Riker <laughs> plays Marissa. And as women in these films go, I think it's a pretty good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I like her a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I like that she's just like a lizard nerd. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and normally when it's like uh, a romance is being pitched between someone who's depicted as an older man and someone who's depicted as a younger w- woman. I find it kind of gross, but she she definitely has some agency in it. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it didn't it didn't it like you know it wasn't icky. <laughs> the, the, the age difference isn't that bad. I think it's it's only eleven years. Yeah, I, I mean know. only eleven years, but like he keeps calling her like child. Her <laughs> the funny thing is, the actress who plays her mom, yeah, uh, is younger than Robert Forster. Um, oh, that's funny. And so, like, not old, or maybe it's a little bit older, not old enough to be her mom. Yeah, like in real life. So it's all kind of the same age, <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, she's good in this. She mostly did TV. Like season episodes of like every '80s TV show. Uh, also, Amer- wasn't her mom's name Madeline? Oh, I'm pretty sure it was. Because when <laughs> when uh, when um, Robert Forster asks her who she is, she says Madeline, and I'm like, "That's me." <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! Um, not 
many Madelines in movies. No, no, no. It's a, it's a nice uh, three-syllable name. Uh. <laughs> I can't find it in the credits. Um, oh, it's a, um, I'm trying to find it. I can't find. Oh yeah, Madeline. Yeah, I caught it. Yeah. Oh, and Celia's a little a little bit older. I'm confused, but not, still not super old. Like she's a little. Yeah. She's old enough to be her mom, but like you know, not in terms of society. Right, right, right. <laughs> in terms of yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she she was in a not and she's not in many films. So I had the wrong. There are two characters named somebody's mom, so I got to mix oh. up. Because uh, <laughs> the little kid's mom also has a credit. Um, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And she was in Flashdance. But anyway, again, again, back to Flashdance. But season one of TV, <laughs> I do like. Also in this movie, I love my favorite two supporting characters are the chief, Chief Clark, mm-hmm. with all the eyebrows and <laughs> that voice. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! He sounds like like a male version of Selma from Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> very good yeah and he he was in godfather 2 and he's apparently a playwright who wrote like a really big play about drug addiction in the, in the 50s and oh, that's really interesting yeah uh called a yeah. hat full of rain and mm-hmm. he's also in looking looking at his filmography it's so strange he's in, he's in a black sunday which i've never seen but i want to um mm-hmm. fingers which is a movie about harvey keitel playing a piano virtuoso slash mob enforcer <laughs> okay and i have to watch that and he's in um the fish that saved pittsburgh which, <laughs> which i own i own on dvd and i own the soundtrack and i own a 12 inch single of the theme song from the soundtrack of the fish that saved pittsburgh because nice. it's one of the worst movies i've made but it was set that was filmed probably about one mile from where I, where I live in pittsburgh and it's about a basketball team in pittsburgh called that that um whoever played Rizzo in uh Greece is uh I forgot her name. She's an astrologer and works with a kid to make the Pittsburgh basketball team, which does not exist in real life, be all all Pisces. Because the lead or or to play well with their star played by Dr. J, who's a Pisces. Uh and it has Don Rickles in it. <laughs> <laughs> No, not Tom Nichols. Uh, uh, Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. Jonathan oh, Winters. okay. <laughs> in, a, in a dual role, and he's terrible in both of them. So very good. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and the two two more people I love in this movie. One is Slade, the evil old man, mm-hmm. uh, played by Dean Jagger, who started in silent film. <laughs> wow. Yes. He's an Oscar winner uh, for Twelve O'clock High. He played. Okay. Bring- he played Brigham Young in the Brigham Young movie and afterwards converted to Mormonism. It's <laughs> weird. It is weird. He's in two of my favorite old films. He's in Bad Day at Black Rock, which is a fantastic old kind of revenge movie with Spencer Tracy. And Spencer Tracy does judo in it. It's one of the first examples of a Asian martial art in an American film. From oh, 19, wow. Yeah. 19, 1955. It's a, and it's also very anti-racist, very... Mm-hmm. Very, it's it's total total. You, you, I watched it and I'm like, I bet the author of this movie was blacklisted, and I think I was right. Um, mm-hmm. And he's in Vanishing Point as the old prospector in Vanishing Point, the car the car movie with um, I, I forgot who was in that. That's a crazy existential car movie from the 70s. Uh, yes, yes. He's also in Doris Day's worst musical, Jumbo. Um, trust me on that. 
I believe you. (laughs) And then one more person, and I'll I'll stop going over everyone in this goddamn movie, just because I like the actor. Sidney Lassick plays Gutchell, the creepy pet shop owner. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Have you ever seen cool? Have you ever seen Deep Cover? Um, I've not seen Deep Cover. Oh, no. He's in Deep Cover as a as a as a gopher named Gopher, and <laughs> he's great because he pretty much I think his boss changes he he changes bosses three times because his boss keeps getting murdered, and he's like, well, right. I work for this, I work for this guy now, and he's very very pragmatic uh, underling in in a, in a mafia world. But he's in that. <laughs> he's in Carrie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's in a movie called Cinderella and the Golden Bra. Oh wow! So he's he's been in a lot of movies. Is what I'm hearing. In, one, in 1991, he was in Deep Cover. Don't tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Shakes the Clown and Cool as Ice. Wow, I've seen two of those. Let me guess. 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 I have. No, yes, yes. I've seen Don't Tell okay. Mom the Babysitter's Dead. So I got confused. <laughs> I, I'm going to say you saw Shakes the Clown? You got it. Wow. How <laughs> you is put they... Bobcat Goldthwait in something. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm there. So. I, I was going to say, I'm, I was going to go either she's a Bobcat Goldthwait stand <laughs> or she hates herself. Yeah. Um, Shakes the Clown is not good, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing but You know what? Things. No, you know what? It's great. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh, back up, back up. <laughs> That's the one where he plays like the alcoholic drunk clown, right? Yes, he's he is a, a drunk, uh like drug addicted clown and um God, uh who is uh I'm trying to remember the, the guy who who acts is is like the bad guy in it. But I'm it's Tom Kenny. It's Tom Kenny is sort of like the the he's the villain clown who's tom Um, kenny tom kenny is a comedian who also did the voice of spongebob squarepants oh yeah okay a lot of comedians in shakes the clown robin Robin Williams is in that movie yeah florence henderson Mm -hmm. it's a Uh, stacked cast but it's mostly cameos yeah julie brown yep it's not downtown the other one um yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) The one with the dead cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have uh, <laughs> have you seen Sleeping Dogs Lie? Have I seen Sleeping That's Dogs the Bob, Lie? That's the Bob, the Bob, the Bobcat Goldthwait movie about bestiality. No, I have not. Okay, <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> I'm sure I have not seen that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's called Yeah Sleeping Dogs Lie. I, I his movies are too dark for me. Um, uh-huh. I I love um, World's Greatest Dad, but yeah, it is incredibly grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. pretty. Yeah, sounds pretty heavy for me. So I'm, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a pass on that. But anyway, enough yeah. about enough about alcoholic clowns. Um, <laughs> yeah, but a lot of uh, it's a stacked cast. And Henry Silver, he plays the the great white hunter. He's always a bad guy in movies. He's in the he's in Dick Trace. He's in Code of Silence with Chuck Norris and Above the Law with with uh, Steven Seagal. So and shocking the scene with with, with uh, Burt Reynolds. So three great films. And uh, Jack Card. What knows one kind of messed up casting i saw the actor who plays the mayor this guy named jack carter he was mm-hmm. in a million tv shows his first credited role on tv 1949 he is the mc for the american minstrels of 1949 oh, what what is what is it? it's a minstrel it's a minstrel show oh like that's it 
but it's like he was an on TV, like you know, black a blackface TV show. Oh, okay, no, 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 that's bad. I don't like that. <laughs> You were like, "What's that? That doesn't sound so bad." Oh fuck! I'm an I'm an innocent, naive girl. I don't know. <laughs> so, on that note, we'll segue. Um, <laughs> yeah. This movie is available to get. You can watch it easily. It is you can buy a 4K disc that looks amazing or you can get it on you can rent it on Amazon and and it might be under the services now. So if you haven't seen this movie, uh watch it now and then come back cuz we're probably going to spoil stuff. Um <laughs> do you agree? Yeah. 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 I mean, it is the kind of movie that like it can't really be spoiled because <laughs> it's so much damn fun. Yeah. But like if you want to watch it without knowing what's going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, do it now. <laughs> do it now, do it now. I, I do love how this movie, the entire movie was shot in LA, but they put up this sign that says, welcome to what's like, like, uh, it's, it's Chicago, right? It's, they, yeah, they, they, the, the, the wiki says Chicago, but they never really say. Yeah. Yeah. It's just some Mid-Eastern, Mid-Eastern, mid not mid mid Midwest, not mid very different places. Um, <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch an alligator in the Middle East movie. Um, yeah, that could be good it's too. Jordan. It's, like, it's Jordan. <laughs> yes, yes. No, all those crocodiles. Anyway, um, and this little girl is is at a gator, like a tourist trap, like gator ranch with her family, and she gets to watch an alligator maul a man nearly to death. And then she's like, we're going to buy a pe- baby alligator, which is apparently a thing you could do back then. Uh, we, we haven't talked about the urban legend. Like, this is based on, no. like, the most, mm-hmm. what, yeah. Yeah, which is, I, I always, I mean, I guess I, I grew up in New York, so I thought it was a New York urban legend, um, specifically. But I, as urban legends are, it was probably specific to every city. <laughs> but, yeah, it is based on the urban legend of, um, you know, kid gets a pet alligator mom flushes it down the toilet and it uh lives in the sewers and and grows and eats people yes and the there are variations on it sometimes they're albino because people don't understand how albino how albinoism works and they think if you just jump in the sun <laughs> uh or they're blind because they, they're in the dark all the time yeah. uh, and that they grow to be massive sizes because of the, all the chemicals in the sewer which is what this movie's based <laughs> on because they buy a baby alligator she names it ramon for reasons that are not really as clear, the asshole dad kills it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> flushes it down the toilet. Well, doesn't doesn't kill it. Flushes it down the toilet, and then uh, the uh, the how does the alligator become a, a mutant? So, um, before <laughs> before I answer your question, uh huh, yes. If you recall, I um I t- so I am the co-founder of the Astoria Horror Club in oh, yeah, 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 Astoria, yeah. Queens, which is where I live. And we were trying to pick what movie we were going to watch for the next uh, meeting. And you suggested that we talk about Alligator. And so I'm like, we need to watch Alligator. It just came out. I know there's several people who who love it in the club. 
um, and it got vetoed. And <gasps> part of the reason is because of the uh, incredible amount of dog violence right at the beginning. Oh, I mean, no- I believe. I believe we're going to watch it uh, like later in the year, but but we'll have like a, a big trigger warning like weeks in advance, so but that there's people no, know there's no actual dog. There's dead dogs. Yeah, but it's like testing on dogs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So like, yeah, there's. there's I animals. didn't. I don't. I don't find it upsetting. They're not no. real dogs. They're not. <laughs> also, yeah, because like, hey, for this podcast, I have seen multiple films with actual cockfighting in it. Yeah. you know I mean- and, and so that's upsetting that's the reason why i won't watch cannibal holocaust not because oh um, yeah no yeah it's because the they, they, they kill animals in it movie. and yeah, other movies yeah. where they actually other movies where they actually harm animals like if i know about it going in i won't watch it the, that's exactly how i feel too like real stuff i don't do but fake shit who gives a shit like it's fake it's so fake. and that's it's not and like mm-hmm. so but next next week watch make them watch marley sensitive. and me or my dog skip you want some real dog violence a movie that makes you love the dog and then they kill it how about milo and otis where i'm pretty sure it was whoa no that yeah slave labor like well no they they straight up throw a cat off a cliff in that movie they did didn't they yeah that's that's fucked up that's yeah, so and up. and you I know, I was a child. <laughs> like, I've never, I have, I, that, and that's a Japanese movie. Is uh, it really? I yeah, didn't know it's that. redubbed. It's redubbed and re-edited, and some of the more egregious stuff is not in the American version. But I have never mm-hmm. met a person in Japan who has seen that movie. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's good. But yeah, so anyway, we were saying, what are the what are the animal experiments? Um, they are testing growth hormones on the dogs for the uh, specific purpose of making bigger cows so people can eat more beef. I I believe that I, that's what they say. I think that, you know, testing growth hormones for Barry Bonds. But I, <laughs> I could be wrong because the same thing happened to him, man. Um, he got, if you look at Barry Bonds when he played in Pittsburgh and look at him like 10 years later, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. He's a giant he's a giant what, gator now. What, he's a giant gator now. He's gonna eat Chase Utley. No, anyway. Um yeah, so they they and they get they, they get their um dogs illegally because they they couldn't find enough test animals, so they hire a pet shop owner to steal lost dogs. Then then he has to dump the dogs and then the alligator in the sewer eats the dogs. Yes. It's a circle of life. It's <laughs> a circle of life. Yes. Dad flushes gator. Yeah. Dogs get get growth hormone testing. Gator eats dogs. Gator gets real big. Circle of life. <laughs> That's what the song's about, right? I, I mean, I only, yeah. saw, I only saw Lion King once, but... <laughs> yeah, the, when, yeah. They, when they hold a the little lion up over the cliff, and then they throw him <laughs> over the cliff, it's about the circle of life. <laughs> and the alligator eats him, and then... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think the movie I think sets its tone really early because like, like one of the very first scenes is the um, Robert Forrester buying a dog and the pet shop owner commenting on his baldness. Wait, I have a question. What happens? What happened to the dog that he bought? Uh, the pet shop owner stole it. Okay, yeah. so that's so the dog got stolen back. Yeah, well, no, this is a diff- no. I I would imagine no. The pet stop owner probably stole it to have it be killed. 
No, yeah, but like, where did the dog go when he did left the... with it? Oh, his dog? Yeah. He, no, it's at his house, isn't it? Oh, okay, it is at his yeah, house. No, I no his know. dog lives. I got confused. I'm like, his, last, his previous dog, dog <laughs> is stolen. He said his previous dog was stolen, and it's heavily implied that the okay. pet shop owner stole it to give so to his, the... Yeah, so his new dog doesn't really get a plot line. It's, it's sort no, of... his new dog's kind of... His, his new dog's a prop. His new dog's a prop yeah. for... To set up to the, get them to meet, really. To get them to meet, <laughs> yeah. to get the to get the pet store owner nervous, and to About make mm-hmm. and to make bald jokes to yeah. Robert Forster, which I think, okay. which those jokes were Robert Forster's idea, because he was really? getting because he was getting <laughs> hair plugs and it hadn't set yet, and so he's uh-huh. like, people are gonna notice it, so we should mention it. So the jokes, like it, it's like three or four times in the movie, people mention, you know, you could you can comb it over. People, people won't notice. And uh, John Sayles said that almost every, that's the only time ever an actor has suggested something to the script that he, that he liked. Really? Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, well, that's Robert Forster's natural wittiness. Forster's <laughs> natural wittiness. And almost, it does not take long for alligator deaths to start piling up. And Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I feel, this movie is 94 minutes long. It is not no bullshit. All, all killer, literally no filler. And <laughs> Do, do do you do, how do you, I I feel like so much of this movie is shot underground in actual storm sewers, but it it still looks great. Yeah, no, a hard hard agree with that. It's a great looking movie. They light them well, and they shoot it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the lighting, a lot of the lighting for those scenes is the flashlights. That they're holding. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, that's it. probably why it looks so like you know distinct. Yeah, because like the they have a special like filter on the flashlight, so it also the light comes back and hits their faces too. Mm-hmm. And it's just very natural. You're like it's not like it's not like you're watching a movie that's in, in in nighttime and it looks like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Like <laughs> it looks like actual dark lighting and actual. It, it looks like what you think in your mind a sewer looks like. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Not an actual sewer, because those are disgusting. But uh, <laughs> they did film it in the actual like L.A. like uh, storm sewers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and th- there's only one set, and that's what where where the pet shop owner is killed. That's the only set in the movie. The rest of it is all like for real sewers. Which really? I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I was really like like. They filmed it in like you can because I mean if you watch movies you know the L.A. River, yes, right. <laughs> See it all the time. Yes, it's yes. not a river. <laughs> yeah, well, they, that's what they call it, the L.A. River. I mean, yeah, in, I know. <laughs> in such films as Grease, Driver, and Jackass, I mean, you know, it's it's. <laughs> I think I feel like that exact same location is also it's alive. At the end, of, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, Larry Cohen is just out of frame in several shots. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Cohen. If there's an exploitation movie and Larry Cohen's not involved, he's angry. Um, he's just slightly out of frame. That's where he is. Oh man, how about an Alligator Q crossover? I've, I'd watch that. Oh, man, I, I yeah, I, that would be Alligator versus Q, and it would just be Al- you know AVQ. AVQ. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm buying a ticket. Whoever, whoever wins, <laughs> we win. Um, <laughs> you win the audience the audience wins yeah but I just feel like the movie's paced so well with, and like like it goes through all the beats right mm-hmm. like first no, first it's no people no one cares about get killed 
Then the cop sees the alligator but normally believes him. And it just kind of ramps really naturally. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, the pacing is is perfect. Because yeah. it never it never lingers in a way where you get bored. Yeah. You always get a like you get a good time with Robert Forster, he makes you laugh, mm-hmm. you get some side character stuff, and then you get an alligator kill. And it's pretty repetitive in that way. Yeah, and even the side stuff's good, like there's that great little bit with a mad bomber. Mm-hmm. in the in the police station and yes <laughs> singing and saying the sing- radio told him to do it i'm pretty sure he's trying to sing donna summer oh on yeah the, on the radio sorry the, but like he did but the, but even that's not random that's setting up the end of the movie because he yep. u- they use that time i mean it's and i don't think i realized that until i watched it this time it's like oh <laughs> that's the same clock man it's on sale smart man um yeah and the way they kind of foreshadow the methane, like using methane to blow them up mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. when I'm watching it, it's so nat. The dialogue is so natural. It's like here you'll need these gas masks for methane. Yeah. You don't think, oh, later on they're gonna blow it. And he even talks about a methane explosion, but I never thought, oh, they're gonna use that later. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel the movie really, really gets its gets its footing in the second act when the alligator leaves the sewer. <laughs> yes, uh, with the most dramatic exit from a sewer. Like, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to. They're like simulating the ground shaking, but they are clearly just shaking the camera, and it's so funny. <laughs> That's the second movie in two days I've seen that happen. Yes, uh, really. Or Ninja Three. The end of Ninja. Th- oh, yeah. The, the end of Ninja Three when he does when he becomes a ninja tornado. <laughs> um same 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 kind of like very bad shaking nothing's moving <laughs> but yeah he he comes out of the ground in the middle of a street ball game <laughs> like and <laughs> those kids man they i i'm, I'm a pepper t-shirt <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> oh, oh that scene's so good i love <laughs> i love how the kid goes to grab a knife Yes, he runs home, yells at his mom, who will not pay attention to him because she's on the phone drinking a beer. So he grabs a knife and goes sprinting into the street. I, I do love it's like, that. kid, what are you going to do? Yeah. I love how the kid is like, mom, the alligator, the alligator. And mom's like, I'm sorry, I can't talk. To you. Zoe's, Zoe's playing alligator. <laughs> this, this is some game. And then immediately you get like, I feel like the early deaths are kind of off camera. But then... They get pretty brutal pretty quick. Yes, yes that, definitely. Yeah, that cop uh, mm-hmm. gets his Who, leg. Uh, doesn't emote. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that is the, the, the most uh, egregious bad acting in well, the movie. Because that guy is just like, he sees the alligator and he's sort of like, oh, I'm going to get out of the car. <laughs> yeah. well, well, they hired him. I would imagine they hired him because that guy really only had one leg. Wait, really? They used amputees in this movie. <gasps> now I feel so bad for insulting his acting. <laughs> no, don't. You know what? I changed my mind. He's a great actor. <laughs> no, well, you, you, hey, that's 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 a, that's reverse. That's we. 
I forgot there is a phrase for that. I forgot what yeah. it is, but it's still discrimination. <laughs> yeah, he's an amputee and the one who gets his legs bitten off in the river. I mean, I see he's a great actor because I believed he had two legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's fucked up. Um, what's your Sorry. favorite what's your favorite death in the movie? Oh, probably the um the the big game hunter. <laughs> Like, who's like hi- hires? Um, he hires just like three black guys who are hanging out, and is like, "You're gonna show me where the gator is, and then you're gonna follow me." And I'm like, "Is he trying to use them as bait?" And then he just gets eaten <laughs> immediately, immediately and slowly. Like, and it and it's just it happens. I mean, he gets eaten slowly, but the gator gets him so fast. Like, I really thought that he would have. He'd have you know more of a fight in him. Nope, <laughs> just like <laughs> immediate, immediate goodbye. I. Yeah. How do you feel about the kid being eaten? Um, eh, didn't you know? Uh, in the pool, you mean when they yeah. throw him in the pool? Yeah, they, yeah, that's a scene. Yeah, they, no, they, that... I felt really bad actually. Yeah, because that was the one where I'm like, now his his brothers are traumatized, and his his mom is down a child. Yeah. Like, and like, it's kind of fucked up. It's just because the kids saw it coming. Yeah, I feel like it's it's almost more disturbing than the scene in Jaws when the yeah, kid dies yeah. because he see they take him out to like walk the plank and mm-hmm. he looks down and sees the alligator's mouth wide open, just waiting for him like fucking Pitfall Harry style. You know, it's the only part of the movie that's actually kind of upsetting. Yeah, and it's yeah, I mean, even... unless you're you're really sensitive about dogs, of course. <sighs> but I don't. I don't. <laughs> My my boyfriend is the biggest like dog like oh my, he wants a, yeah. po- a poodle so bad and he loves this movie like get over the dog there's, there, there's no actual dog on there's no dog violence in this um but well there was that gross dog corpse at one point but it's not not a real corpse it's not a real corpse um, fake dog fake dog but Fessel also a fake kid I don't think they actually kill a small child um <laughs> yes they did no oh no and that that's funny because. That's one of those things that, like, I have nep- I have a nephew that age now. Yeah. So now when I watch it, I'm like, oh, no. But <laughs> when I was a teenager, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think also the amount of blood that immediately... Is in ab- that pool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, more blood. It's than, rough. More, because more you could kid. be like, oh, maybe the kid didn't die. And you're like, no, that kid's dead. In the TV version, there's no blood. They, they don't have yeah. that part. So when, I think the first, mm-hmm. the first, you know, dozen times I saw this movie, there was no blood. It wasn't until I saw it on DVD. I'm like, oh, that kid is really dead. So there you go. <laughs> that kid, that kid um, got fucked up. <laughs> I, I, so like as as John Sale says, the the alligator kind of moves up the economic ladder and starts with you know homeless people and you don't even know who and then the street kids and then the suburbs and then there's the final massacre at the wedding at the wedding it's like november <laughs> rain <laughs> but, with someone jumping through a cake yeah there is gator, someone jumping through a cake it's a yeah. gator and a maid <laughs> and, i felt yeah. bad for the maid i felt bad for the maid too i'm like yeah. she didn't deserve that didn't, that's <laughs> like, a, yeah everybody else did i do love the scene of this the bride is crying <laughs> i don't know why it's, it's so pretty funny. good <laughs> it's really good also like she's running and someone like trips over her it's it's all yeah. very like it's a good yeah. it's good like the mayhem of of an event like American Werewolf, 
Like mm-hmm. in the the finale of American Werewolf, more people are killed by the mayhem than the yeah, werewolf, than, right? Than by the werewolf. Yeah, definitely. So kind of, kind of a, a lower key, ver- not as brutal as that. Cause that that seems fucking brutal in Werewolf. That yeah. is. That is a that is a movie that at the in the last minute it punches you directly between the <laughs> eyes and then says bye. <laughs> no one, no one. Then it says and then it says bah, 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 bang, 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 bing, 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 bing. Actually, that is what it says. That's what, yeah, I just watched it last week. Yeah, um, that, that, that's got a four K release also. But I also I love the convenience of the industrialist who is directly responsible for the alligator. It is mm-hmm. his family's wedding. <laughs> like the alligator. Do, it is. It is fun. How many? How many things are related? You know, mm-hmm. like the gator was the oh, pet yeah. of the scientist girl. Yeah. And the gator's name is Ramon, and then um, Robert Forrester has art in his apartment. Yes. That is by an artist named Ramon. Yes. Which, like, I just noticed watching it this week, and I was like, "That's funny. I wonder if there's a, a relation." And then I looked it up, and it, and there's there's just not. It was just like, you know, um. The same name, yeah. <laughs> like, well, there, like there, I don't know what if there was intent behind it or there if it was, was intent. Just like, so no, clever. Sales, yeah, sale. That that artist was one of Forrest's friends. Really? Yes. And so, did, sales. Did, did the alligator get named after? after yes, him? it did get named after. Him. <gasps> Thank you. Because no when I googled it, I couldn't find anything. Well, I, I did want... barely try. Yo, but... <laughs> this Blu-ray. This... <laughs> I put forth the minimal effort and I got nothing. Um, <laughs> this Blu-ray has like. Hours of special features and a commentary mm-hmm. track and just so yeah, I, I there's so much cleverness yeah. in the script yeah and like, the, like that yeah and I like how when you first meet Marissa the scientist you kind of don't like her yeah I think because he's so dismissive because mm-hmm. why yeah. wouldn't she be <laughs> yeah. she's like that's not possible that's not a thing good night <laughs> and then. And then, like, I feel like their relationship is natural because, like, she apologizes, but she's never, like, it's a good character. Like, and yeah. she she's smart. She, she says it immediately. She's like, I, you're, you're, you were right. Sorry about that. Yeah. And, yeah, she's smart. And they also have a really nice chemistry. Yeah. And, like, the way it's depicted visually, like, you can see that they're attracted to each other before yeah. they start really bonding. Yeah, um, and, but it's not—it's not gross. It's not no, like no, it's not you gross. Know, lewd or like you know, yeah. And the the second act breakup is like two minutes long, which is nice. I'm glad mm-hmm. they—it's they, very short. And it's, yeah, they're both quite realistic and not terribly dramatic people, which is yes. pleasant. Yes, <laughs> and I—I yeah. I, I was on there's an interview with Robin Riker, and during the, she, she talks about the scene in the diner. Um, apparently they are both high as kites. <laughs> they, she's like Robert Forrester liked to smoke but we never smoked on the set except one day <laughs> it was that <laughs> they lit up they got they both were lit like highest kites that day I, I don't know why I very seldom see I like a movie of good karma.
and mm-hmm. the way that the fact that Slade isn't eaten, he's like crushed to death, like he's a fucking mm-hmm. tin can. Yeah. Oh, and it's so brutal. Like, uh-huh. it's and slow, and <laughs> like you had it coming. Um, it, that feels good. And then, of course, the ending when they, you know, blow the fucker up. <laughs> That's a huge explosion. I yes. forgot that like a car blows up and there's yeah. fire shooting out of the ground. <laughs> I was la- I was laughing hysterically at that because I just didn't expect it to be so big and then it wasn't. I was like, oh, oh boy. Like, <laughs> I was I was watching it with a friend and when the SWAT team first shows up, the SWAT dude, he's like, they should have brought the SWAT team back. And I'm like, why? I'm like, well, SWAT, strategic weapons, strategic weapons, alligator tactics. <laughs> it's like, they should have used them, but God damn it. Um, so the alligator they blow up in the end is not the main alligator because the main alligator was donated to the University of Florida to be the mascot. Um, <laughs> uh, they use a dummy, a dummy alligator. The did you read who worked on special effects in this film? No, tell me. Brian Cranston. Really? <laughs> he was he was a gopher. They he, like a an office assistant and. Somebody asked, they, "Hey, we need someone to work on effects." He's like, "I'll do it," because he, he was because he was sick of working in the office, and yeah, he actually course. he gives an interview on the Blu-ray. Um, oh, that's really funny. Which is really yeah. sweet, and because mm-hmm. he tells this fantastic story, like he talks all about being a young out of work actor and taking this work because he needed a job, and his job was to stuff the alligator full of blood, and <laughs> one day when they were going to the set to, on in like a shuttle. Um, Robert Forrester got in there with him and you know he's just the PA so he's not going to talk to Robert Forrester because it's you know that he doesn't want to be presumptuous yeah. you know yeah. but Robert Forrester started talking to him and they talked for like half an hour and Robert Forrester was really interested in what he did and wanted to know his name and everything like that and Brian Cranston said that, said that stuck with him and then when he started to become a bigger actor he tried to make sure he knew everyone's names he was working with because that's really cool it's really sweet and then much later yeah. in life robert forrester was on breaking bad i never seen breaking he bad was. he was I've the, va- the vacuum cleaner salesman apparently yep like near the end yeah, no, no, he's, no, he's now i the, remember yeah and brian cranston tells a story he went up to him after, during shooting and he's like hey robert it's great to work with you again and robert's really? like and robert's like when did we what we when and he's like alligator. <laughs> he's like alligator and it's like you were an alligator He's like, no, I was, I was a PA, and like, and he told the story about the time they were in the, in the shuttle together, and he's like, you have no memory of that, do you? <laughs> he's like, well, he was really, no, really high, not so. at all. <laughs> yeah, he was high as a kite, but yeah, he just said that before, so it's the nicest guy on the planet. Like everybody on that's the, so cool. A lot of yeah. the interviews were filmed after Robert Forrester passed away, and mm-hmm. everyone has the same thing to say about him, like that he was yeah. just like the nicest guy in the world. So yeah. it's 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 you know I, he was seventy eight, but it, it is nice to see that everybody just loved this guy, uh, and I, I love that story and the fact that it's Brian Cranston <laughs> went from <laughs> alligator to to Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad. I imagine there's nothing in the oh and and then you know Godzilla. So yeah, <laughs> and oh. and uh, network on Broadway. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, which I saw, and I thought he was miscast but whatever who, who was he who was he in that he was um the, the guy yeah uh, the mad as hell guy yeah 
Really? Mm-hmm. That seems miscast. Yeah, <laughs> I I felt that way too. He um he he really like dragged it out in a way that was uncomfortable and just didn't you know I I don't know I didn't think it worked but but it was the, the coolest set um because everything was shot with uh like television cameras that and it, they were um you could watch the TVs on the set while the actors were were acting it was a really neat show it just oh. felt like cranston was there as a celebrity not well, as yeah, the best gotta, gotta, choice for gotta, the role. Fill, gotta fill them seats uh yeah but if you ask other people they'll tell you that i'm wrong and they, that he was amazing oh, but, okay. eh. well, I, I i have i have never seen a broadway play in my entire life really i mean yeah i guess you've you've been abroad in, for well not just that I, I grew up in toledo and then i moved to yeah. pittsburgh so i've seen yeah. like stage productions you know my <laughs> high school's production of fiddle on the roof was fantastic but i've never yeah. hell yeah <laughs> uh i've never seen like i don't think i've ever paid money to see like a live Kind of thing. I don't think I have. I, maybe someday. Yeah. There's a. There's gonna be a production of of uh, of uh, singing. The, no, of Mary Poppins here soon. Um, <laughs> in Japanese. Um, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, you should go to that. <laughs> I want to hear the. I want to hear the uh, Japanese version of Dick Van Dyke's accent. Uh, <laughs> in that, so maybe someday. The, we, 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 we hinted on it, but this movie got fantastic reviews. Um, yes, it was a well-loved film. Yeah, Ebert didn't like it. Ebert gave it one star. And with the kind of the canned flush it down the toilet, you know, comment, unfortunately. <laughs> and I found one other bad review. I want to start this bad review. This guy named Howard Posner from the Atlanta Constitution. I just love, <laughs> I love his outrage here. The audience I saw Alligator with seemed to love every second of it, cheering wild, cheering wildly each time another victim bit the dust. What are the movies coming to? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> honestly, honestly, he sold me on it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like depicted himself as like a crotchety old man yeah. who like hates everything fun and made the movie sound amazing. So. <laughs> and then there are like the medium reviews that are like, they don't want to admit how much they liked it, but they still liked it. So like somebody right. from yeah. the Vancouver Sun is like, trash, but good trash. And somebody, then some. Another, that's going on my. That's going on my tombstone. <laughs> trash for good trash. For good trash. <laughs> I always, I always said I want my tombstone to be. I'm, I'm to say I'm, I'm standing up behind you. <laughs> that's um, very good. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. Then, then another middling one. Well, mid, mid is one is like uh, another like mid review is uh Ray, Italian name from the Delaware News Journal says. <laughs> Approached with approached with the right frame of mind, this film's a notch above the usual nature gone wild epic. Uh, <laughs> but then you get better reviews, like um, Kevin Thomas, LA Times. He said, "Sales and Teague have nothing to apologize for. It's a well made and a lot of fun." Uh, the reviewer, yeah. 
the review for the Philadelphia Daily News is like one of the most unexpected movie pleasures of the year, maybe even one of the best, hands down, honest. <laughs> honest alligator honest. movie. And apparently Vincent Canby from the New York Times loved it. His review is not very quotable, but he loved it. And Louis Teague tells a story that when Vincent Canby passed away, during his funeral, he wanted clips from his favorite movies played, and Alligator was one of them. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. So, no, this was great. And yeah. uh, when I show it to friends here, they're always surprised because I have a bad, I, have, I have a reputation. Um, <laughs> no, watch How the Duck. It's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've, I've done that too. <laughs> so that, people, that exact movie, even. I mean, I own, watch How the Duck. As I have said on this podcast, unhappy. <laughs> I, have, I have owned How the Duck on VHS tape, DVD, Blu-ray, and now 4K. That uh, is amazing. You, and I'm I gonna own, find a laser disc of it for you. I, oh, I have a laser. Too. I have. A, I have a Japanese you laser. You do? Disc. Yes. No, you don't. Yes, I live in Japan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to import it. I also have. I have. Uh, I have the soundtrack on LP, both Japanese and American versions. I have a sound. The soundtrack on tape, a Japanese tape. I have the 12 inch single of the theme song, and I have the three CD deluxe reissue of the soundtrack. That's incredible. That belongs in a museum. Yes. All, all that collection. Yeah. yeah. Well, one day, man. One day, a I'm going to get, get a phone call for either my video game music collection or my How the Duck collection. One of the two. Oh, wait. Uh, before I forget it entirely, uh-huh. speaking of owning merch related to movies, uh-huh. uh, there was a board game made yeah! based on Alligator. Yeah, I saw and, that. And my friend has it. And, oh, no uh, way. We have not played it yet. But oh. but whenever we watch it for a story of horror club, we are then going to play the board game. I well, swear. <laughs> do you have Do you have a Do you have a a, a Twitch channel? <laughs> Maybe <you> can... <laughs> I should I should stream yeah. us playing Alligator. <laughs> I I there was a there was a picture. There's like a board game website that has pixels of it, and it's not really a board game. It's more like kind of like a, a risk type game where you like take things out of his mouth. I think. Uh, yeah. Oh. So it's like Operation. <laughs> well, yes, yes, with a gator. But it's alligator. You are the crocodile hunter. Um, <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel this ranks among like late seventies to early eighties Drawzer Puffs? I think it's probably the best. Yeah. What other yeah. one? Yeah. I mean, you've seen Piranha, yeah. right? Which Piranha's up there for sure? Yeah. Have you seen any other ones? <laughs> God damn! I, don't, seen, I mean, I'm sure. I I'll, I'll name a few. Orca. Yeah, uh, Orca's fucked up. Yeah, Orca is a fucked. I watched it last week. Um, yeah, I, I have. I should sit down and actually watch Orca, but Orca is a fucked up movie. <laughs> and it has it has Bo Derek, uh, mm-hmm. and her leg gets ripped off, so she goes from a ten to a seven and a half. Um, <laughs> that's my uh, that's my Bo Derek joke. Uh, <laughs> But I watched a ton recently. I um, there's um of the era, you know. There is Great White. That's the one that was so bad that 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 um Universal sued them, and that got <laughs> taken out of theaters because it was such a rip off of Jaws. I think it was Great White. Then there's um, I haven't seen any other crocodile films, but I have seen um what was the other one? Oh, Grizzly's horrible. Yeah, Grizzly's really bad. Grizzly's really bad. Um, Orca's bad but interesting. Piranha's great. Uh, there. Oh, there's the tentacles. 
which tentacles that is directed okay. by a video G. I uh, uh, I'm, I'm so bad for Italian names. It's from the director <laughs> of the from the producer of The Visitor, the John okay. Huston film, and this yeah, has yeah. John Huston and Shelley Winters in it. But both of them vanish for the third act, and it becomes a Bo Hopkins movie. Um, Very odd. Yeah, it's a t- it. it is almost unwatchable. I like Razorback. Razorback. Was, Razorback is a Australian movie about a killer warthog. Oh um, yeah, no, Razorback is really cool. Razorback is very like hallucinogenic. I yeah, wouldn't have even thought of it as as a jaws a jaws knockoff. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. slow, but it it, it yeah, has it's a it's a neat movie. It's a neat movie from the, from the director of Highlander. Okay. Uh, and of course, there's Day of the Animals, which is the one that has Leslie Nielsen fighting a bear. Fighting a bear. So I recommend that. Oh boy, that. yeah. A yeah. shirtless Leslie Nielsen fighting a bear. <laughs> and there's one I've always wanted to see that's out of that's been out of print almost my entire life called Blood Beach. Okay. Which is about a monster in in the sand on the Ooh. beach, and it's like just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it. That's the tagline. That sounds really and cool. That has uh, Burt Young. As like mm-hmm. one of the main actors, but um, you know, uh, Paulie from Rocky, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, John Saxon. But I think there's some rights issue there, so it has it has not been available in like in forever. I don't think it, I don't think it's ever was released on DVD. Yeah, uh, it so. looks like by the same director of Flowers in the Attic. Oh, I just watched that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a movie that for, I remember, but I don't like. <laughs> um. It's a bad it's a it's a bad movie about bad people made badly. Um yeah, that's so, a good description of it. Uh I watched the remake that has Really? Uh, what's her name? Um um Heather Graham. Is that any good? Uh well, it's a lifetime movie. And Yeah, I mean I've only seen the the 87 one. That yeah, well, off topic, but who cares? Yeah. Um it it is uh it's more faithful to the book from what I've been told because it actually mm-hmm. has incest in it. <laughs> unlike <laughs> unlike the remake which I think kind of downplayed the takes that out. Although mm-hmm. the original takes it out. And it has uh Ellen Burstein also as Yes. So the acting's really good. It's terribly made. It has like this hum like you can hear like a freeway, <laughs> almost. Oh boy! <laughs> and they obviously couldn't afford a real mansion, so it's like matte paintings and CG. And <laughs> but it is like it's very campy. Like um, I say this as a as a as a gay man who watches films drunk. Watch it with a drunk gay man. I'm sure <laughs> it'll be more enjoyable. But and I think I think we should wrap it up now. We've gone far enough off topic. Uh, <laughs> Yes, Alligator is a great movie, and mm-hmm. I will, I will beat that drum until I die. Um, yeah, yeah. And, oh, oh, we, oh, Alligator two. I haven't seen it. Me neither. Because oh, <laughs> oh no, wait. there we go. No, no, wait. <laughs> I did see, it was on USA. I did. I watched it on TV off and on. It, it mm-hmm. everything I saw was terrible. So right. it's bad, and I haven't seen Crocodile, you know, <laughs> or any of the. Like more like recent ripoffs, like those like those straight to video like Anaconda type movies, like Anaconda with yeah. crocodile. Like that's not my. I've, I think I've seen quite a few of them. Oh no. Um, I mean, I've seen like the Deep Blue Seas. Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot. There's two of those. Yeah. Is it bad? The second one. Uh, I I'm pretty sure 
the second one's bad, but then there's like a third one <laughs> that is, it, that transcends badness. You know? Oh no! Oh yeah. Or is that the second one? <laughs> Deep blue sea. Does does twenty eighteen? No, it's Deep Blue Sea two. It, yeah, it 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 transcends badness. Um. Yeah. I I have no. There is a that says here Deep Blue Sea Deep Blue Sea three. There's a third. Uh, oh, there is a third. Then a third. yeah, that must be that must be what I'm thinking of. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I cannot. That was a weird one because like Deep Blue Sea came out like in 1999, and then yeah. Deep which has the best death scene in film history, and then yes. Deep Blue Sea two came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. You oh. know, I think I might be thinking of two. Mm. Um, all I remember is they're like on a boat and there's like a waterfall full of tiny sharks falling onto them and eating them like while they're having sex in the shower or something. Um, <laughs> Are you sure that's not Sharknado? No, oh, no? that's okay. one of the deep blue seas. They might not be having sex in the shower. That might be my weird brain. Um, <laughs> that. That's, but, I'll, yeah. I'll Google that later. We have to wrap up. Uh, hey, they, they, they don't have LL Cool J rapping about being a shark, so fuck it. Who cares? No, so it's not worth it. Yeah, it's yeah. It. It like a shark fin. Anyway, <laughs> Madeline, that was fun. Um, it was. It was so really fun. Tell Thank people, you. So they have the online found footage film festival. Yes, go to it's unnamedfootagefestival.com. Yes. Unnamedfilmfestival.com. Yeah. Okay. No, unnamed footage festival. Oh, I'm an idiot. We, na- we gave ourselves the worst name. Mm. Don't know. You are not the only person who got it wrong. Almost everybody gets it wrong. We've had filmmakers make like little promos for us <laughs> and get the name of our festival wrong. Unnamed so it is, footage uh, festival. Correct. Okay, um, I did it. Put a dot com on it. Um, <laughs> And you'll find information about the in-person fest and the virtual festival that is happening on May 7th. I'm going to start saying put a .com on it as a way to be final. <laughs> I, I'm leaving put a, put a .com, .com on, it. on it. Fuck you. <laughs> I quit. I like that a lot, actually. I'm going to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started it. So, yeah. Uh, and where else? They can find you. On, they, when, when you do tweet, you have the best. You have the second best Twitter name I know. Uh, DVD box set. Yes. In case you're wondering, yep. the best is my previous co-host, Anthony. His Twitter screen name is Bruce Wayne Brady. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> and uh, anywhere else they can find you online? Um, I'm consistently DVD box set on all social media. Okay. So you can follow me, Instagram, Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, uh, all DVD box set. And I'd love to talk to you about movies. So you ever going to upgrade up. to 4K box set? Or, Absolutely not. Uh, no, okay. No, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't have enough room in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pro- yeah, I, I got my getting a 4K TV has become very expensive because yeah. like I'm like, yeah, I should own Hills Have I in 4K. I mean it was shot in 16 millimeter. I'm an idiot, but hey, why not? So but anyway, as always, you can find me online at Lost Turntable, uh on Twitter, losttonetable.com, on YouTube as Lost Turntable, which I swear I'll update someday. Send out the website. And on my other podcast, Alexander's Ragtime Band, which is a podcast about progressive rock music, I do not believe there are any progressive rock songs about alligators. Um, <laughs> there is one about sharks. There is a. I believe that. Vandergraaff <laughs> Generator has a song called Killer. And it's just like, <laughs> it's very literal. It's like, you're a fish and you eat things. You're a killer. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Cinema yeah. Olivia. 
We're idiots. Uh, thank you, for everyone, for listening. I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye. She told me Nearly made